Good afternoon, passengers. This is your captain speaking. I'd like to welcome everyone aboard this podcast. We are currently cruising at an altitude of 35,000 feet and airspeed of 450 miles per hour. Weather is clear and sunny with a high of 75 degrees. The cabin crew will be coming around in about 20 minutes to offer you a light snack and beverage. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome aboard Pilot Error. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wang's Job Movie Magazine. You may know me from such podcasts as The Deep Dive Microcast, Mysteries of the Deep, and Hollywood Hype. This is Pilot Error, where we look at TV shows that went belly up before their time. Slot. It shouldn't be news to anyone that there have been many successful television shows based on motion pictures. If a studio feels like they can squeeze more profit from an existing intellectual property, you can bet that they will break out the vice grips. In fact, there have been so many TV series based on feature films, it's darn near impossible to find them all. But that's why I am here, to selflessly do the hard work so you don't have to. Aren't you lucky? Uh, Don't answer that. Some of the more successful translations of film to TV include the CBS wartime comedy-slash-drama series M.A.S.H., which was based on the 1970 film by legendary director Robert Altman. I think it's safe to say that the TV series, which lasted 11 seasons, became far more ingrained in the public consciousness than the movie ever has. Any list of TV shows that far surpassed their source material would have to also include Buffy the Vampire Slayer, based on the fun yet forgettable 1992 film of the same name. More recently, the quirky small-town murder mystery Fargo became a favorite show among not only viewers, but actors as well, with top-tier names like Billy Bob Thornton, Kirsten Dunst, and Ewan McGregor having major roles. It's a tremendous achievement considering the series was based on one of the best films of the 1990s from the brilliant Coen brothers. And there are numerous other examples from Friday Night Lights to Hannibal to Westworld. So there's no dearth of successful TV shows that came from movies. But before we get to the good stuff, and by that, to be sure, I mean the bad stuff, but let's go back to the beginning. During my research for this episode, I was curious to find the very first instance of a movie transitioning to a television series. What I found was unexpected. The first TV show based on a motion picture came from one of the greatest films of all time. You must remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh 
the fundamental things apply as time goes by. If you recognize this music, then you know I am talking about the 1942 classic Casablanca. The World War II era tale of nightclub owner Rick Blaine, who's trying to balance business, love, and those pesky Nazis. Casablanca, city of hope and despair, located in French Morocco in North Africa. The meeting place of adventurers, fugitives, criminals, refugees, lured into this danger-swept oasis by the hope of escape to the Americas. But they're all trapped, for there is no escape. Against this fascinating background is woven the story of an imperishable love and the enthralling saga of six desperate people, each in Casablanca, to keep an appointment with destiny. Now, there is no way to ever top Bogey and Bacall, right? Well, it didn't stop movie studio Warner Brothers from trying. In the fall of 1955, a new Umbrella series was introduced called Warner Brothers Presents. From the entertainment capital of the world comes Warner Brothers Presents. The hour that presents Hollywood to you. Made expressly for television by one of the great motion picture studios. And presented tonight by General Electric TV sets, radios, steam irons, and automatic skillets. All over America, these GE products are making life easier, more enjoyable. And by Chesterfield. Only Chesterfield is made the modern way with Accuray. To put a smile in your smoking, by Chesterfield. And each week, you will see a new television story based on one of these famous Warner Brothers productions. Casablanca. King's Row. Cheyenne. Gee, I could really go for a cigarette right now. And I don't even smoke. Anyway. As I said, Warner Brothers Presents was an umbrella series, which is one where they rotate two or more shows in the same time slot. It's also called a wheel series. Now this TV version of Casablanca was kind of a mess. Characters had different names, actors from the movie were in the series but as different characters, and of course, you were dealing with lead actors that couldn't even dream of filling the shoes of the originals. The show lasted only 10 episodes before it was canceled. Yeah, but hey, at least Warners learned their lesson and wouldn't make that same mistake twice. Right? Bobs, this ain't Paris and she ain't Miss Ilsa. I never said she was. You never said it, but you think it. From the moment you latched on to I could see it right then. You thought she could be another Miss Ilsa. I don't need you to tell me what I think. I sure hope not, because people can't be somebody else, no matter how hard you try to change. You said enough. Okay, there was somebody else. And he ain't over her yet. Maybe never will be. What kind of somebody? Somebody in Paris. Her name was Ilsa Lunn. Really somebody? Oh, yeah, yeah. What was she like? What you want me to say? You were prettier than her? She was prettier than you? Truth is, you ain't even enough alike to compare. Yep, second time's the, uh, charm? Yeah, not really. This time, the Rick Blaine character was portrayed by journeyman actor slash singer David Soule, 
best known for playing Hutch in the 1970s police drama Starsky and Hutch. The far more talented and versatile entertainer Scatman Crothers played Piano Man Sam, as in, you know, play it again, Sam, which was never actually spoken in the original movie. Go figure. Unsurprisingly, this version lasted for even fewer entries than its 50s-era predecessor, only managing to get five episodes on the air. Now, five episodes is not a lot, to be sure, but it beats those poor, pathetic shows that never got past their pilots. Hey, remember this delightfully synthesized theme? That's Axel F, the hit instrumental track from the 1984 Eddie Murphy comedy Beverly Hills Cop, performed by German composer Harold Faltermeyer. It is pure 80s, distilled into a sweet sonic confection. Now, fast forward a few decades and two movie sequels later, somebody thought it would be a good idea to turn the franchise into a TV series. In 2012, an hour-long police procedural comedy based on Beverly Hills Cop was being pitched around Hollywood by Sean Ryan, creator of The Shield and the current SWAT television series, which of course are both well known for being hilarious. Oh well. The show would be a sequel of sorts to the movies, with original Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley's son, Aaron Foley, taking over the family business of catching criminals and cracking jokes. Now, you may already be thinking to yourself, of course this failed. You can't have a Beverly Hills cop without the OG, Eddie Murphy. No funny thing about that. Eddie Murphy was in the pilot and could have been a recurring character in the show. And that's because Murphy was one of the show's producers. The pilot was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who also directed the feature films The Addams Family, Men in Black, and Get Shorty. So no shortage of talent there. Now, in the 45-minute pilot, Aaron Foley goes to Beverly Hills to track down the killers of a Detroit drug dealer and his girlfriend. And while in Beverly Hills, he does get a visit from his old man. Hey, maybe you should let me handle this. And you ain't the only one I can talk your way into a free hotel room? I'm just saying, you know, maybe you might crack under pressure. I can do this and we can get in. <laughs> just step back and let me step up. Okay, all right. I'm gonna watch. Just keep your phone on vibrate. Okay. I'm Haley Van Born, client services. You asked for me? Miss Van Born, it's a pleasure to meet you. How you doing? Marshawn Tippins is ready for the tour. I'm sorry, who? Marshawn. Oh, Marshawn Tibbins. Marshawn Tibbins. And Marshawn. I'm Delaroy Rimbo. I called on behalf of Marshawn Tibbins earlier. If you did, he'd be on my schedule, so I'm sorry. If you're not interested in hosting celebrity events, you could have told me this before I brought my whole team out here from New York. I'm sorry, who, who are you all again? This, this is Marshawn Tibbins. 
This is Jay-Z and Beyonce's party planner. Where have you been? That's what he do. I plan all day parties. That's what he do. Marshawn Tibbetts. You know what I'm saying? 99 problems. Wow. You do not want to be Jay-Z's 100 problem, okay? So you need to know who Marshawn Tibbetts is. Okay. Why don't you have your people call my office tomorrow morning with the proper credentials and we'll see if we can assist you. Show you my people right there. Call the office this. real quick. I'll make no I don't believe I gotta this. call New York for this. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Jay-Z. Drop some knowledge. Yo, boss, we at the front desk right now. The lady's name is Haley Van Born. We trying to plan Blue Ivy's personal birthday party, but the girl at the front desk don't want our business. I don't think that's Yeah, she accurate. ain't racist. She's just not being helpful. Ma'am, you're not racist, right? No, of course not. Wait, wait, sure? wait a minute. I think I, you no. and Mrs. Z should get on Twitter, Facebook, and shut oh, no, this no, no, whole no, no, person no, no, down. No, no. You know what? I'm sorry. There has been a, a terrible misunderstanding, and I would like to deeply apologize. You know, all I would need is just a few more details. Ask her about the pony. The the pony. Pony? Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. it's a pony. Yeah, uh, he want Blue Ivy to have a Shetland pony. Yeah. Uh, no, the pony must be a Clydesdale pony, not a Shetland. Clydesdale pony. Beyonce is allergic to Shetland. And while the TV version of Beverly Hills Cop is no masterpiece, it was certainly good enough to warrant inclusion on any network schedule. And in fact, CBS was initially very interested in picking up the show. Test screenings of the pilot were fantastic, and it looked like CBS had a potential hit on their hands. Then, all of a sudden, CBS passed on the project. Officially, CBS said they liked other pilots better, but Sean Ryan has said in interviews that he found it hard to believe that was the case. Unofficially, it seems like the biggest obstacle turned out to be the biggest reason the pilot happened in the first place. Eddie Murphy. Now, while he gladly appeared in the pilot episode, test audiences wanted more Eddie Murphy. When CBS approached him to have a more active, recurring role on the show, he declined, which meant to CBS... No Eddie, no series. And that was that. Now, a fourth Beverly Hills Cop film is currently in the works, but no release date has been set. You can, however, watch that pilot on YouTube as of this recording. It's actually a pretty good show, and it is well worth checking out. Okay, show of hands, who enjoys a good, solid crying fit once in a while? I know I do. And that leads us to our next movie to TV show. Don't you decorate your sister's car with those things! Hey! What did they do to it? Let me put it this way. Good friends are like family. If you and Jackson want to practice safe sex, you're all set. You love them. I'm going to make you very happy. I know you're in there! It's Miss Weezer. Back door. You hate them. I'm about to end my rope. We had a noose and slip it over your head. You'll never get rid of them. Oh, leave me alone. Why are you in such a good mood? You run over a small child or something? You have to be so crude. And you never want to lose them. That which does not kill us makes us stronger. Sally Field. Dolly Parton. It takes some effort to look like this. Oh, I can see that. Shirley McLean. Daryl Hannah. Olivia Dukakis. You have the handwriting of a serial killer. Julia Roberts. Steel Magnolias. Indeed, everyone's favorite genteel southern comedy about family, love, 
and kidney failure. With an all-star cast including Sally Field, National Treasure Dolly Parton, Shirley MacLaine, and newcomer Julia Roberts, the 1989 film touched the hearts and wallets of many moviegoers. Could it be at all possible to capture that lightning in a bottle for the small screen? Based on the 1990 pilot made for CBS, the Magic 8-Ball says, Outlook not so good. The pilot continued the story from the film without, of course, Julia Roberts' character for, uh, spoilery reasons. A year has passed since the events of the movie, with the characters trying to go on with their lives after a deeply personal tragedy. Even though the TV version boasted some veteran actors including Laverne and Shirley's Cindy Williams and Broadway legend Elaine Stritch, the show did not sell and never made it to series. The half-hour pilot was aired on CBS in the summer of 1990, and you lucky devils can watch it any time you like on YouTube. No tissues necessary. Now, for those of you who prefer your light-hearted comedies with a lot of motions, writs, affidavits, and hearsay, Legally Blonde was most certainly your jam. I'm going to make an amazing lawyer. Welcome to Harvard. Beauty and brains. I have a 4.0. Why? There ought to be a law. You got into Harvard Law? What, like it's hard? This Friday... I object. Nice try. America goes blonde. Habeas corpus. Warm. Evidentiary support. Come again. Don't ask. Now you're thinking like a lawyer. No biggie. <laughs> Legally Blonde, rated PG-13. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. The 2001 film starring Reese Witherspoon was a somewhat unexpected success for Studio MGM. Executives at the studio thought they were getting an American Pie-style raunchy comedy, but instead got an inspirational story about hard work and perseverance. The film spawned a whole franchise, including a 2003 sequel, a Broadway musical, and two, yes, two failed TV pilots. The first arrived in 2003 and starred Jennifer Hall as Harvard Law student Ellie Woods, and dealt with her literal trials and tribulations getting through law school. My name is Elle Woods, and I'm from Beverly Hills, where all you need to survive is a Volkswagen convertible, a good dermatologist, and a flea dip every six months. Right, Bruiser? But here at Harvard Law School, it's different. To make it here, you need complete focus, unwavering discipline, and... Oh yeah, the perfect outfit. Hey, so that's that, right? Didn't work out, so let's move on to something else. Not so fast. In 2009, another pilot, this time called Legally Blondes, plural, get it? Has Ellie's twin cousins, along with their twin chihuahuas, living in Ellie's California home and disrupting the social structure of their new private prep school. Meet Izzy and Annie Woods. They possess the same perky DNA as Elle Woods. Thank you. Two sisters who are making the move from London to L.A. in the next Legally Blonde adventure. This is a step up from Buckingham Palace. 
Now they're starting a new school. There's two of them? I think we have room for two more. They are hot. <laughs> and they're working from the Al Woods Book of Rules. Everybody know what to do? Blonde rule one, think pink. Pink looks good with anything. Ah! Blonde rule two, be bold. We have a reputation drop hole. Goldilocks make Justin Bear happy. Who do those bottle blonde bimbos think they are? Blonde rule three, believe in yourself. We hold our students to a higher standard. Don't let pack prep change you. You change pack prep. We just have to stick together and refuse to be intimidated. Let's show our true colors, shall we? And you rock, and you roll, and you just can't take it. Article 8, paragraph 3 expressly states the uniform shirt must be monochromatic. Article 6.2e does not forbid accessorizing said skirt. Starring Millie and Becky Rosso, as seen on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. I've got my eye on both of you. Reese Witherspoon presents <laughs> Legally Blonde. And while this pilot was also not picked up as a series, it did, however, air multiple times on the Disney Channel and had a release on DVD. You can watch it for free on the ad-supported streaming service Tubi or rent it for four bucks on Apple TV. Guess which price I recommend. Now, movies and television have, for over three quarters of a century, been competing for the most eyeballs on their respective screens. So it's no surprise that they had been cannibalizing each other for content all this time, like the snake eating its own head. I, for one, am looking forward to Oppenheimer the series, where each week that pesky theoretical physicist Robert Oppenheimer comes up with another crazy harebrained scheme to destroy the planet only to be thwarted by his clumsy assistant, Dr. Gilligan. How fun. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast has just been cleared to land. As we start our descent, please make sure your seat backs and tray tables are in their full upright position. Make sure your seat belt is securely fastened and all carry-on luggage is stowed underneath the seat in front of you or in the overhead bins. We hope you had a safe and enjoyable listening experience. If you have any comments, go to the deep dive podcast at gmail.com and drop us a line. Any clips used in the podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on any existing copyrights. And thanks for flying an Automaton Studios production.